This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, we've packed a number of shows together to give you some highlights. I know you're going to enjoy the show. Thank you for being with us today. Our guest is Brian Wagers. Thanks for being on the show, Brian. Thanks for having me, Whitney. Pleasure. Brian is the founder of Wagers Capital, where he has grown a net worth of over $1 million and has over 300 doors valued at over $12 million, all under the age of 30. So I'm looking forward to this story, Brian. I know many of the listeners are attempting to accomplish the same thing, or even if they're over the age of 30, they're trying to get there. But he brings a focused dedication to the oversight of the portfolio, leveraging his local knowledge and relationships to execute their strategy. Brian is also logistics manager of a Fortune 500 company where he is the top broker in Northwest Arkansas and top 10 in his region. So Brian, thank you again. Grateful for your time. You're definitely someone that's taking massive action at a young age. I love hearing those stories and seeing guys like yourself and gals making it happen and jumping out there. So I want to hear how you've done that. First, give us a little background on yourself and how you got into real estate, all those things. But uh, I really want to get into your story because you've taken the action that so many need to. Yeah, thanks again for having me. A little bit about myself. I was born and raised in Cincinnati. I went to the University of Kentucky to get my economics major there. Right after college, I joined a commissioned-based sales company, worked there for about three years, and then I started to have an income problem. You know, I was making a lot of money, working a lot of hours to get to where I was, and I wanted to figure out what I could do with this extra income, you know, that I had worked so hard to do. And now when you're in commission, you are part of that higher tax bracket. So seeing so much of your commission come out towards taxes was pretty painful for me. So I started looking at what are people in America doing to create wealth? And a lot of it was either real estate or stocks. So I had my company's 401k plan. So I was already doing the 6% towards my Roth IRA, but I looked at the stock market was my first venture, I should say. And it was just watching the stocks go up and down. I I bought GoPro at $35, watched it go down to $5. So that was really fun experience. Right then, I think I knew just watching, you couldn't do that as a day job and watch the stocks all day. So I found bigger pockets. You know, I think a lot of people get started, you know, finding the free resources on there. I knew I wanted to get into real estate. So about four years ago, I bought a single family house. It was great. You know, the mortgage was 500. I rented it out for 950. I managed it myself. Everything was going good, but I was just doing the math and it was going to take way too long to get to where I wanted to be, you know, as a passive income standpoint, tax benefit standpoint. So something I heard early on was find a niche. A lot of people that I listened to went into commercial real estate and the most common thing they would say was, I wish I would have got started in commercial real estate earlier. I wish I would have started getting into multifamily earlier. So it was something that kind of clicked with me, seeing the economies of scale of multifamily, being able to hire professional property management. So I read every book you could, went to a couple of different seminars, listened to your podcast, search all podcasts for multifamily you know, and just read and listen as much as I could and built up a little confidence. And I found a 12 unit on market. I had finally convinced a friend to invest with me on the deal. You know, I had shown them what I was doing with the the single family. I showed them all the numbers on the multifamily. 
the 12 unit property. And once they had agreed to, okay, you know, talked with his wife, said, okay, we'll finance that, you know, the down payment, the 12 unit was off the market. So um, kept following up with the broker and apparently the, the deal fell through. So I was there ready to go. And that was 12 units. That was about one year after the single family unit. And then here we are about four years since that first single family today. And your introduction is at 300 units right now. I'm at 350. We actually closed on a 50 unit a couple of weeks ago. Nice. Congratulations. So what's your main mode of operation now? Are you syndicating deals? Are you, you know, what's your asset class of choice now? So that's a great question. So everything I've done today has either been by myself. I've even seller financed a a 20 unit deal and everything I've done up to this point has been joint venturing. So either myself or joint venturing, but now I'm looking to do a true syndication. So everything I've built so far has been just joint venturing, but I've been able to retire my wife or retire. So now she's doing the marketing. She built her website. She's putting content out on Instagram, Facebook. She's got a little bit of background in marketing. So it's great having her be able to spearhead that so we can start, you know, letting more people know about the benefits and uh, hopefully going into that true syndication. Yeah. So, you know, a million dollar net worth by age of 30, I want to hear just some actionable steps that you took. I mean, massive action, right? And we hear that, like, you know, you had mentioned it earlier before we even recorded like that, that word so often used in our space, but it's so true. You know, you have to take some massive action and and not be afraid to to step out there, right? I've heard it, you know, from so many people who've had success in this business and many businesses at some point, they had to just put themselves out there. They had to take steps forward and really get out of their comfort zone ultimately. So what did that look like for you to make this happen and work to where you really started to gain some traction? That was a big thing for me, you know, going to school for economics, you're always taught to analyze everything to death, you know, and that was something I had to unteach myself, just taking action before you think you're ready. I think putting yourself in a situation to where you may have to look up an answer or look, you know, look something up. But for me, I Googled my first step was I Googled every commercial lender in my area. So I just searched commercial lender, Northwest Arkansas. And I got a list of 10 people called each bank. Hey, do you guys, uh, can I speak with someone in your commercial lending department? And then from there, do you guys finance apartment buildings? And from there, you know, usually a lot of the commercial lending people, when they hear apartment building, they perk up a little bit, you know, because they even the banks know it's a, it's a good, sound investment, especially local banks when you show them your business plan. So that was a thing for me getting. And then I did the same thing with commercial brokers, got a list of all the commercial brokers in my area. Some people search LoopNet. So you might not be able to find a good apartment deal on LoopNet, but you can find good commercial brokers on LoopNet selling other asset classes. So sometimes on LoopNet, you might be finding someone who's selling an office building or something of that nature, and you call them and ask them, and you kind of tell them what you want to do. For me, that was finding B, C-class apartments and B areas and, and renovating them and fixing them up to get them to that B level and telling them about what your plan was. So that was for me, just finding each person and your team that you want to have and getting a list of people in the area and just calling them, not being afraid to fumble over your words a little bit or not knowing the right answer, but just calling and getting that conversation going. And I think with each different conversation, it gets a little bit easier. It gets a little bit more 
flowing. So, you know, you had that 12 unit and you found somebody to partner with you or to finance ultimately the down payment for that property. Tell us about convincing that partner or, you know, how did you meet this person? Is this someone that you've known a long time? What was that relationship like for them to trust you and, you know, in that way to, to come in and do that? Yeah. So it was a lot of back and forth. It was actually my fiance at the time's father. So my now father-in-law. So hopefully the deal went good. <laughs> yeah. So he actually ended up joint venturing with me with a lot of uh, other deals here. So it did go pretty good. But that conversation, he owned 10 single family homes, free and clear. And it was almost just an education about leveraging in a good way, you know, showing them, you know, how debt can be beneficial. So he had been through different financial crisis and he wanted to be, you know, as safe as possible. So it was a lot of back and forth with him, with his wife. I printed out spreadsheets. I made pie graphs, just showing them the visual tools of it, telling them about the tax benefits of the commercial real estate. So I think it was just, you know, getting over that, you know, education standpoint about commercial real estate and showing them, hey, here's what would happen worst case scenario. You know, we have a couple of tenants move out we're still looking good, you know? So I think showing them the downside and the upside, not just selling the upside, I think added a little more trust. Here's what happens if we have to bring the rents down. You know, the rents are trending up, but here's what could happen if, you know, they went down for some reason. Our guest is Zach Booth. Thanks for being on the show, Zach. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Zach went from washing windows to making $1.2 million in his third year of business as a real estate investor. He is here to share how he was able to accomplish this task to inspire others to take control of their financial lives. He is most proud of his accomplishment and his ability to help others have life-changing financial success in their businesses. Zach, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for your time. Grateful to to have you on and to hear this amazing journey that you had getting to that $1.2 million in one year. I mean, that's most people only dream of, of having that kind of success in any business, uh, much less a real estate business. So welcome. Give us some backstory. You know, let's build up to that time. I know there's many things in your story that I know that are going to encourage the listener as well as they are on this real estate journey also. Yeah. Well, thanks. That's an awesome intro. Thank you. Um, yeah. Sometimes I, I look at what I was able to accomplish and it's like, wow, how did I do that sometimes? Right. Feel very grateful. Feel very blessed. I had amazing people around me to get there and it was not an easy journey for sure. But I'm on you know your podcast to share this story, not to like, hey, look at me, look how great I am. But I want other people to understand that I'm no one special and that they can do it too. Truly. Like I, I truly want to help other people one of my main focuses of hitting that success is I wanted to have a platform to give back, right? My journey in entrepreneurship started started when I was 17, actually, 31 years old now. And I started working when I was actually 11. So my family had, you know, we grew up pretty poor. My dad had a, a side business uh, doing yard care. So I had to work. Working was just a requirement. You know, my dad's pretty tough dude. He wasn't easy on me or my three brothers. Well, my youngest, yeah. The, you know you know how the youngest is, right? Always spoiled. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the oldest don't get away with anything. The youngest can go burn the back shed down and nobody says a word, right? It, right, exactly. Um, but, um, you know, when I was 16, my parents took the stance of, okay, you're a man now. You can take care of yourself. You have some responsibilities. And 
you know, they, they paid for my food, they paid for my housing and uh, they had taught me how to take care of myself, but I had to pay for my own insurance. If I wanted to drive, I had to pay for the gas. If I borrowed the vehicles, if I wanted a vehicle, I had to buy the vehicle. You wouldn't even co-sign a loan. I had to pay for my own basketball stuff and basketball costs if I wanted to play basketball in high school still. So I had to work. I had to find time to work on the weekends when I was trying to play basketball. And like, I had to kind of take care of myself at that point in, in some things, and which was the greatest blessing ever. I was so grateful for my father that at a young age, like it forced me to go out and work. And, and I had made cheese. I had worked at a, and done handcrafted cheese and I had framed houses and finished carpentry and I did lawn mowing and I did taxidermy and I had, I worked in a wood mill. I did all these different jobs by the time I was 17 years old. And so at 17, I was like, okay, this sucks. I can work harder than most of my bosses. And I'm getting like five, six, eight, nine bucks an hour, depending on the job. So I'm like, all right, I, I can start a business. It doesn't look that hard, right? So I started a window cleaning business. And I grew that for nearly a decade. And how old were you then? Uh, I was 17 when I started. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. On my 18th birthday, actually on my birthday, I went and got my first business license. I got insured and licensed because I couldn't get some of the larger contracts I was trying to get because I didn't have that license and insurance. And my dad didn't want to take the potential risks and costs of a potential lawsuit or something. And so he wouldn't co-sign on a business application. So I had to wait till my 18th birthday. So that's actually what I did for my birthday. So, you know, entrepreneurship has been really important to me for a long time. And from the outside looking in, you know, this was five years ago from the outside looking in, I was successful. I had three trucks. I had 13, employees. I had a YouTube channel that had blown up on window cleaning and tutorials. I mean, you can look it up now. I think it has like over 10 million views on just the one video. And it was great, but I was not satisfied. I had a lot of problems. I mean, I wasn't making that much money. My employees, it was constant turnover. I was not running profitable. I was like 10% profit margin, which was terrible. I had some debt that I couldn't pay off. It was like this burden over me. And I was just struggling. I wasn't happy at all. Uh, part of it, I was taking risks with my safety, getting on crazy ladders. And like, I have this picture that I posted on Facebook, popped up as a memory the other day. And it's like me at the top of this flagpole feeding a cord through the pulley system. And I made the post. I was like, haha, I hope my mom doesn't see this, you know, as a joke. But now I see it, it makes me sick. You know, I did that for 50 bucks. Like, what the hell? Why would you ever do that? Or, Right. And I, and I was taking all these risks. My, my right shoulder still has problems and my rotator cuff from constantly washing. Um, my employees would call in sick. So I'd have to go out on job sites all the time. There was just, I just was unhappy and I wanted to do something different. So when I was out washing, I was listening to podcasts just like this. Right. And I was, or listening to books. Cause I, I, I didn't have time. I told myself I didn't have time to read at the time. And I wanted to get into real estate investing. I had bought a duplex. It was great, but I was running into those roadblocks, right? How do you get more debt when your debt to income ratio sucks? How do you, how do you get another loan or commercial loan when you don't have 20 to 30% down? I was hitting all these roadblocks of like, okay, what do I do? So I tried flipping houses and I started talking to all my wealthy window cleaning clients if they'd fund a flip and I tried to do a flip and I lost money and I was like, man, this sucks. You know, like how can I tap into this world of real estate investing and I started learning about some different mentors and coaches that taught something called wholesaling, which is essentially syndications, right? For single families, for 
small multifamilies where you put the property under contract and that contract's assignable. You can sell that purchase contract. You just assign it to someone else's LLC or to someone else. They close on it and pay you a fee. And I was like, wow, that's for me, right? I can do some marketing. I can do some sales. I can do this. And I paid a mentor 10 grand. And not only did I never do a deal, I never produced a lead. I never even talked to a seller that would sell their house at a low enough price that it would work, right? So I kind of gave up for a couple of years. I beat myself up. And the reason I, I really like went for it and paid that 10 grand, my son was born. And, you know, it was the most beautiful day of my life. But I couldn't help but only focus and think about how am I going to pay these medical bills? You know, and it's like, it yeah. still makes me kind of sad. Instead of focusing on the most beautiful experience ever, I was focusing on how do I pay these bills? And I, I'm sure so many people that listen, they've either had this story and have found success or they're searching for success and they haven't quite found it and they, and they, they can feel that, right? They feel the pain of, of yeah, not, the burden. not being able to have a quality of life because of money. And so I, I, I took that risk, paid 10 grand, put most of it on a credit card, never did a deal. Had an experience where one of my window clients, window cleaning clients, he was actually a, a developer, very wealthy dude, got talking to him. I was like, man, that's so cool. I'd love to buy two rentals this year. And he's like, oh, I've got two rentals. I don't want to deal with them. I haven't collected rents in four months. They're just a headache. And he basically just gave them to me, seller finance, like no money down, just deeded them over to me. And I was like, holy shit, like people will give you properties at massive discounts at great terms. You just got to find the right people. It does exist, right? And so I started searching for another mentor. And I found one, I paid him nine grand, the next mentor, and I started doing some deals. I wholesaled my first deal, like the traditional router, we put the property in a contract, sell the contract, I sold it for 10 grand. It was good. I started doing a few deals and that, and, and I walked away from window cleaning at that point. And that first year we brought in about a hundred thousand dollars, but it was not, it was not all profits. Of course, I probably pocketed $30,000, which is pretty good. You know, I could barely yeah. pay my bills still had debt hanging over my head. And I was actually reading multifamily millions. I know we talked about this off the show, not, not multifamily. Yeah. Multifamily millions, right. Which is a book about giant apartment complexes and doing multifamily syndications. And there's a little sentence in there, a little paragraph where he says that if you don't understand that real estate investing is marketing, if you can't get that between your two ears, you won't be in business for long. And it made me think like, wow, if, if multifamily investing is like the core, core foundation of it is marketing. Like how true is that for wholesaling for smaller properties? Like I need to find a good marketing strategy. I need to find sellers at a higher rate. Like I need to marketing. And the thing is I had found those properties through some marketing, like marketing to people that were delinquent on their taxes and stuff. But, but it was, a few properties here and there, it wasn't consistent. It wasn't consistent enough to really build a business around. I was having to do everything, right? There was no room for hiring employees. And so I learned about something that really changed my business. And that first, first 12 months of doing what I call driving for dollars, we did just shy of a half a million dollars. And my life was changed. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today. 